What's up, future PTAs? I have a quick announcement before we get started with today's episode. On Sunday, June 25th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we'll be hosting our quarterly last-minute review session. We do this before every exam to make sure everybody feels pretty good to go when it comes to exam day. This is a probably four to five hour long review session where we're going to cover a ton of topics that are almost all but guaranteed to show up on the exam and give you a lot of advice for exam day to make you feel super prepared while you're taking your exam in July. So the link to register is down in the description in the show notes. Now on to the show. What's up, guys? We're going to go over transfermoral amputations, and the boards likes to use the osteosarcoma as the reason why this person's getting an um, amputation because it's usually either trauma or due to this osteosarcoma, like it's like 50-50 kind of, of what's causing it, but could also be, as we talked about in transfemoral and transtibial amputations, could also be diabetes. Got my girl in the clinic right now. She's got a transfemoral amputation because she had uncontrolled diabetes, um, so that's what we're working with. So let's get into it. So anatomy, so this is from the score builders textbook. Um, they got a great like kind of example of where are there pressure tolerant areas and where the pressure sensitive areas, same sort of deal as uh, trans tibial amputations, generally bony prominences tend to be pressure sensitive areas. This includes the greater trochanter, the distal end of the femur, the ischial tuberosity, uh, pubic tubercle, pubic ramus, all that stuff that ends up being areas where we got to check for skin breakdown. Because remember the biggest thing with amputees is to check for skin breakdown because then we're having a lot more problems than just we can't walk. We have a lot more problems that we just don't have a leg if we end up getting an infection due to skin breakdown. So most of the anatomy we're dealing with is also going to, in relation to osteosarcoma, is going to be the distal femur and the proximal tibia slash fibula. That's the area where we see um, osteosarcoma start to form, especially in younger individuals, which is what we'll be talking about soon along the epiphyseal plate. So the growth plate. Um, and so that's where we see it happen. So in order to not have cancer anymore, just cut the cancer away. And so we end up cutting the leg off. So that's kind of what's happening. So just make sure you're aware of what are the bony areas, where are the pressure, um, sensitive areas, where are the pressure, um, tolerant areas, understand that usually the soft tissue is okay then the ischium ends up being an okay area for pressure tolerance because we're sitting on our ischiums all the time so they can handle it, making sure our patients are weight shift transferring and sitting every 10 minutes and then moving them around in um, the bed every two hours at least. So let's get into the etiology of why we would, we would have a transfemoral amputation due to osteosarcoma. So Osteosarcoma is a type of cancer that mainly affects the growth plates and the growing bones in adolescent individuals or um, children in general. So this happens mostly in younger adults. So we're going to see that these are individuals under the age of 30. Peak incidence is during adolescence because remember cancer is an abnormal growth of X cell, whatever cell it is. And during puberty, during adolescence, the growth plate is forming extra bone to help elongate the bones to help the individual grow. Now, sometimes that growth kind of goes wacky and ends up be, and, um, becoming a cancer. So understanding that this is why we would see an incidence in cancer in these younger individuals, because when we think of cancer, usually we're thinking older individuals. Nope, this one hits the younger kids. So risk factors can include things like Paget's disease, chronic osteomyelitis, any sort of environmental factors, again, that can be like genetics and stuff like that. Um, and osteoblastoma is a common type of cancer that happens in the bones. 
And then also giant cell tumors are also another risk factor that could cause this individual to develop osteosarcoma. So we got to cut off the leg to get rid of the cancer. That's pretty much what happens because we don't want the cancer to metastasize. So we want to catch this before it becomes a stage four cancer. So then we can avoid any sort of um, systemic issues. Because remember, cancer will metastasize to like the lungs, the brain, stuff like that. We don't want that. Um, so yeah, we'll see this growing along the epiphyseal growth plates in these younger individuals. And so we gotta be careful of that. And here are some risk factors that we would see. So this is what it looks like on the left. We have an MRI. And so we can see like, oh yeah, that's at the distal femur kind of area. And then this is also distal femur kind of area. And we can see that it's just a big thing. So essentially we would be making an amputation above this level here. This is also because it is, and this is just a side note, just fun facts for an individual who has osteosarcoma, if the distal tibia and fibula and the foot are all okay, we can actually turn this into a rotation plasty and take the foot and make the foot become the knee for this individual. So we could either cut everything off or we could do a rotation plasty depending on the extent of the spread of the cancer. So fun fact for this one, but here's what will happen. The patient is, and this is why we have to be careful because we could think it's just an ACL tear, meniscus tear, just bruising, Oshkosh slaughters. Like what, what could it be? It could also be cancer. So we got to be careful because the patient's going to complain of pain along the knee joint line. Sometimes there's a mass. So we can see with this one, there is a mass popping out the side. So we can see that, but a lot of times it's just like pain. Like they're like, damn, my knee really hurts. And the most common area we're going to see this is at the distal femur or proximal tibia slash fibula or both. So that knee area, essentially, and the boards likes to kind of trip you up of where is it? Is it distal proximal, blah, blah, blah. It's because of the epiphyseal growth plate. And I said earlier, it's because there's an increase in bone growth. Cells are created. The um, osteoblast activity is super high, which then cancer could piggyback off of that and just start growing exponentially. And that's why we see a mass here. So being careful with that, the patient might see some swelling and stuff like that due to the mass and growth formation. And this is the thing that we want to notice. Pain all of a sudden gets really worse at night are with increased activity. So let's say they're fine, they start working out, it starts getting worse. This is why we can't take one test in isolation, guys. We gotta make sure we're thinking, okay, we got this, 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 and this. Are we checking the boxes that it could end up being something really scary like cancer? And then it worsens with increased activity. A lot of times like their knee will be worse at night and they're like, I haven't even like walked around a lot. I haven't done much. Also my knee's really aching, my knee is really hurting. That's kind of one of the signs that, oh crap, this could be cancer. So being careful with this patient, understand that prior to amputation, this is what it could look like. I know this is less transfemoral stuff and more of like an osteosarcoma thing, but the boards, when it decides to talk about transfemoral amputations, really likes to talk about uh, like osteosarcoma when it comes to it. Similar to when we have transtibial amputations, there are a lot of times diabetes arterial sclerosis of obliterans and stuff like that. So understand this is what it kind of looks like being careful about that. And then we got to cut the leg off. So this is a lot of times what the suction kind of thing looks like. And so here's what happens. How do we treat it? We amputate. We don't amputate. We let the surgeon do it, but all the same rules are going to apply for the transtibial amputation. So if you haven't watched that, go watch that one as for transfemora when it comes to care after amputation. So what are we doing? Same rules apply. Repairing the residual limb for prosthetic use. So measuring the swelling, trying to use wrapping for it. Now here's the difference with a transfemoral amputation. We're using the six, uh, six inches for the base. And then the four is going to be that little, um, 
like crisscross at the bottom, but we're using a six inch ace wrap bandage to start. So that's kind of what's going on. And then we'll use the eight, the four inch one at the bottom for wrapping. And so understand that is a long stretch and that because this patient, like the transtibial amputees, they're at risk for hip flexure contractions, but they don't have a knee anymore. So all we're worrying about is the hip flexors. So the hip flexors are more likely to have a contracture. That's why this patient for positioning, we would want them in prone ideally, and then possibly with a um, pillow under the distal femur to help even prop it up more into extension to stretch it out and to avoid a hip flexion contracture. Um, so what are we doing? Pain uh, management, desensitization, mirror therapy, all of that stuff. Same rules apply when it comes to transmural as there is for transtibial, just it's higher up. Remember, it's going to require, require more energy for the patient to use their prosthetics. So what we're doing is we're going to treat, uh, have them learn how to use assistive devices first as we prepare them for prosthetic use. Um, and so the main thing though, and remember this is important, patient and caregiver education on wound care, making sure that we're avoiding infections, that we're inspecting the area, that we're making sure there's no pressure breakdowns, increased red area, all that stuff. Want to make sure everything's okay. We want to increase their cardiovascular endurance as well. So getting them back into doing the things they used to, to work on energy conservation techniques, increasing endurance. And then once they have a prosthesis, so remember we have to wait until all the swelling has gone down to fit them for the prosthesis. We want to work on gait training, ambulation, all of that stuff with their assistive devices to work on balance, proprioception, um, all of that fun stuff just to help them become more functional. And you're going to work alongside the prosthetist and their team to help prepare the patient for use of their prosthetic and hopefully introducing them back into community ambulation. So what are some key words for a transmoral amputation? So a lot of times the board's going to say the patient has osteosarcoma and you're like, oh, there goes the leg. And then um, if they don't respond well to just regular excisional surgery, um, and then it's going to be along the distal femur and then proximal tibia slash fibula. So the board is gonna ask you, what's the most common area for us to develop osteosarcoma? Well, like 50% of the time, it's gonna be in this like knee area along the epiphyseal plate. So understanding that, that is a super common area and that's why we end up having to have an above knee amputation because the knee is affected. Being careful with hip flexor contractures, making sure that our patient isn't going to develop one. We wanna make sure that we're stretching everything out. Again, putting the pillow under the distal femur while we have them in prone. And it's gonna be a younger person, like nine times out of 10, somebody who's in adolescence or something like that. And also, I don't know if I like mentioned this fully earlier, but it is more common in male individuals than in female individuals. They're more at risk for it. That's just how the cookie crumbled, sorry guys. Um, and then it's affecting the epiphyseal plate. So all of those things should lead you towards it's osteosarcoma, and we need to be careful because this person's probably having a transmoral amputation. So sample question, guys. A physical therapist assistant is treating a patient diagnosed with osteosarcoma requiring amputation. What is the most common location for osteosarcoma to be located? One, distal tibia. Two, distal femur. Three, proximal femur. Or four, distal fibula. So I'll give you guys a second to think about this. Right, guys so the most common area we're going to see this is the distal femur so remember distal femur proximal tibia fibula just a simple uh where is the location question the boards is going to quiz you on this they 
They just like to talk, ask you where it is, where it is, what's going on? How is it showing up? So then you know where to look when it's having those symptoms, such as that increased pain at night and then increased pain with activity, pain along the joint line, swelling, mass forming, all of that stuff. Just so then you're careful and you kind of know what's going on. Understand that it's probably going to end up being a above knee amputation. So distal fibula too far down, proximal femur that's at the hip too far up. Distal tibia, same thing as distal fibula too far down. So distal femur. So they'll throw you off with just words that are all similar and stuff like that. So I hope that this was helpful guys and kind of explaining what's going on with the transfemoral amputation due to osteosarcoma. And I will see you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the PTA Elevation Podcast. We look forward to continually serving you as you embark on your journey towards becoming a licensed physical therapist assistant. We thank you for your continued support and we'll see you in the next episode.